Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter, a podcast from The Gist, with me, Josh Hamilton. Ryan Hartwig, author and Facebook whistleblower for Project Veritas, was my guest on today's show. We covered the irregularities in the US election, the march on Washington, the COVID lockdown restrictions, and the increasingly authoritarian overreach of big tech censorship. Just to clear one thing up before we start, we discussed some mail-in ballot issues in Pennsylvania, but the story was based on a misunderstanding of figures between the June primary elections and the presidential election. I've linked the PolitiFact article below that explains the error, but I did not check it live while we were recording. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the links in the description below. So here's Ryan Hartwig. So Ryan, it is your third appearance on my show. You're the first yes. person to ever do three. That's that's exciting. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Thanks, for having, thanks for having me on, Josh. It's always a pleasure to, to talk to my friends in the UK. Mm, not a problem. So you have just published a new book. Yes, I'm working on a book right now. Um, I've written about 50,000 words. Um, I'm about to sign a deal with a book publisher ah. with, um, with Bombard. It's called Bombardier Books. They're a subdivision of Post, Post Hill Press. So my, uh, my literary agent has been shopping around for a couple months. Um, and uh, we found this, this publisher. They're a, you know, they're a good publisher. Uh, Simone Gold also published with them. Simone Gold was the doctor who stood on the steps of the White House, who was speaking out against uh, speaking about hydroxychloroquine. So, yeah, this book, I've been I think I started I was looking through my notes just now before this podcast. And I think my first. I mean, I, I signed an agreement around early August with my literary agent. And then I've been working on it since August. And you know how it is with books. I mean, you. You write a hat, you know, you work on it maybe an hour a day. So I committed to myself what I do. My, my, my method is I commit to maybe an hour a day at most. The last couple of months I've been slacking, but um, early on, it was about a half hour a day, half hour, an hour a day. So I, the only way I can do it and not be distracted when I'm on my computer is I go to YouTube and I search techno music. And there's this one mixture of, of techno music that I play over and over again. It's like an hour long and it's kind of a mix. And so that's how I do it. I listen to techno music. I write my book. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself because, you know, 50,000 words is a lot. I've never written a book before. I wrote a book. Well, I wrote an ebook last uh, around June, but it, I, I, I'll be honest. I kind of, kind of just copy pasted like things that I've written before. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I'm working on the book here, um, 50,000 words. So it should be published. I'm hoping to publish in March. And or April, which is really soon, mm-hmm. but the publisher will do a full copy edit, so they'll have their own person like look it over. Um, but yeah, I, I really just wanted to get the story out. That's why I wrote it. I wanted to just you know get the story out of what happened, and I think it's a I think it's a good page turner. I had my wife look it over, and she said it was you know crap, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 not so much. But but she she gave some some you know constructive criticism on my book. Um, I'm looking at the, the draft right now. Let's see which draft am I looking well, at? Well, the title was what, 30 jobs by 30, right? Yeah. So that was, that was the ebook from last year that was more like biographical okay. and where I just kind of copied pasted like essays that were written from high school and college. Um, and so this one is the one that's coming out is, is titled behind the mask of Facebook, a whistleblower's account of censorship and election interference. Okay. Um, so I have my little, we'll just, I'll go through the table of contents real quick. So you kind of know what it's about. So I talk about, let's see here. Uh, there's chapters. So chapter one is, you know, the day of a day in the life of a content moderator. Cause I essentially was deleting for those of you that don't know, I was deleting posts and, and comments on Facebook's platform. Um, so I was a human censor and I talk about Eric Ciamarella, the Ukraine whistleblower who, uh, he helped get a, an impeachment for President Donald Trump. He was the one who overheard a phone call between um, the Ukraine president and the president of the United States, Trump. I talk about Greta Thunberg, how Facebook, you know, 
stuck their neck out to protect her. I talked about global inter, uh, interference in elections in Canada, from Canada to Colombia, nationalism. I talked about how Facebook tries to paint Trump as a racist every time he talks. <laughs> um, I talk about Trump hovers and feminazis, Antifa, um, Facebook's hate speech policy, abortion, the Civil War, Boogaloo, which is Boogaloo is a phrase we use in the United States here, kind of refer to Civil War. And I talk about Brazil a little bit because I've been involved in Brazil with uh, against censorship there. And I also talk about Section 230, the Communications Decency Act. So it's a lot. It's a very... Um, Heard so yeah, much. It, it, I've heard so much about that. Like, like Tim Pool was explaining that he thinks that 230 would essentially open up all of the social media companies to being sued for anything posted on their platform, any sort of content. And he thinks that that would lead to either the complete collapse of some of these companies or like, for example, on YouTube or Twitter, only verified accepted users being able to post anything. Um, is that what's what's your take on on like? Did you think it was like? Do you think two thirty is a good idea to have or or a bad idea? Yeah, so that's the thing. So right now, Trump and everybody's calling to repeal Section two thirty, like just delete it completely. Mm. Yeah, but um, that seems like a lot of people were saying that like people people keep were talking about Trump having his uh, his, they always want has this four D chess reasons for getting rid of it, but like it seems kind of short sighted just because it, it seems like he's kind of like doing it in order to to prevent like bad things being said about him so he can sue social media companies basically but it's gonna yeah. it's gonna wipe off like it's got the it's got the potential to just like get rid of any alternative narratives whatsoever yeah i don't agree i don't agree with trump on that one i don't think we should repeal it completely um it would be too chaotic it's like if you had a bunch of all your traffic laws you know if all of a sudden you said hey you know i don't agree with some of the traffic laws so let's just erase all the traffic laws from the from the books <laughs> yeah that would cause chaos okay so um i agree with tim pool and i agree uh that we should well i think we should reform it and and jason fick fyk who's uh, has a lawsuit against facebook in this at the supreme court and his case will be decided whether whether it will be heard in a couple days actually by january 8th we'll know if they're like they're, they're, they're going to hear his case he also agrees i spoke with him earlier this week what is his uh, what's his case? So his case is uh, essentially so it's Jason Fick versus Facebook, but essentially he argues that the they're not interpret not interpreting section two thirty correctly. So it has to do with uh, the publisher versus a publisher, and that uh, the the courts in California have misinterpreted section two thirty, and. Uh, basically given F Facebook more protections than they should have. So there's a section of the law that where the courts wrongly did not apply the good faith aspect of the law to those, to, to, to these companies. Um, so Jason Fick, he had his Facebook page deleted uh, like, like four years ago, roughly. Uh, he had 30 million like followers or likes in more than 20 pages. He was a multimillionaire using social media, but then he started speaking out about stuff that he wasn't, that Facebook didn't want or whatever. So they basically took down his page and tried to sell it to someone else. Um, yeah. So Jason Fick's case basically would have the Supreme court, the U S Supreme court reinterpret section two thirty for the, for the first time. So it's never been interpreted by the Supreme court, Supreme court. So he believes that uh, that would fix the issues with the law. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think we don't, we can't really rely on the Supreme court. We saw that the Supreme court tossed out that case from Texas regarding the election lawsuit mm. uh, about a, a couple of weeks ago. And so I, I can't really rely on the Supreme court. So if this is a last ditch effort to like keep Facebook from taking over the internet and the world, then maybe we, we should repeal section 230. If it's that desperate, maybe we can start from scratch. But obviously, reforming it would be a lot easier on everybody and a lot less chaotic. Um, so that that's kind of where we're at with with Section 230. But yeah, Jason Fick's lawsuit. I mean, if he if he wins it and there's a settlement, 
I mean, the initial ask from his attorneys is like in the billions of dollars, billions with a B. So I mean, I mean, Facebook. What did they pay? Seven? Was it seven billion? They paid. They paid some outrageous fucking fine. I to the European remember. Union. To the European Union. Yeah, I think it was. Two, yeah. Was it? It was either five billion or seven billion. Yeah. Seven billion, and they just and do you know what happened? The stock price went up. <laughs> they, they, they paid oh, their seven. Okay. They paid their yeah. They paid their seven billion fine, and the stock price went like up because yeah. they because they had set aside more than that in order to pay the fine. So this is just why I heard that they set aside so much to, in order to pay the fine that it was a good thing <laughs> for the for the company and the shareholders that it was only seven billion, and that yeah. it wasn't like a number that was going to bankrupt them basically. So they you know they got a nice little bump. Yeah, how much has Facebook made this year? Oh, um, I think their stock values increased probably like thirty percent. Let's see, what are they worth? I think Somebody's- I read eight hundred billion. They're worth. Yeah. Let's see here. Anyways, yeah, they're just ridiculously rich. Um, so that's the thing. And that's my issue with reform. Like, okay, you say you want to reform Section 230 or or have the legislature fix it. Well, Facebook's paid off like half of the legislators in Congress, right? Hmm. So they're going to have a big say into how the new law is is written and it's going to protect them. So there's no, I, I think the, um, also the antitrust lawsuit. So a couple of weeks ago, we had, uh, three weeks ago, we had an antitrust lawsuit filed by 48 states uh, in the union here against Facebook. So antitrust might be the way to go to break up Facebook. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right with Tim Pool's argument where um, if we repeal it, peel it completely, these larger companies are going to be able to survive because they have the deep, deep pockets against lawsuits, whereas smaller companies like Parler mm. would be, would suffer um, a lot more. Have you heard much about, there's someone who was raising concerns with me the other day about the, the new Facebook terms of service that I think are due to come in, either they've just come in or they're due to, um, relating to like what they can do with our personal data and image and whatnot. Have you, have you heard anything on this? So I, I watched the video by uh, JP, what's his name? JP Awakening, I think is his name. Uh, he makes these funny parody videos. And he talked about Instagram's new terms of service. Awaken with JP, yeah. So let me see if I, I know. And so he was talking about the new terms of service, how they basically just obliterate any semblance of privacy. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Instagram, yeah, Instagram's new template. Here, here we go. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're, yeah, the user grants Instagram a global license to use their content, not exclusive, fully paid and free, transferable, under conceded. This means that Instagram has all the rights of the original owner of the content, in addition to the fact that it is not an exclusive license. It is important for photographers to be aware of this because if they sell an image under an exclusive license, the image element on Instagram would violate that license. So, yeah, it's funny because my, my dad had the same issue years ago with uh, Gmail because he actually read through the terms of service with Gmail and he, he is an engineer and s- technically anything that you send over Gmail, I, I believe it was Gmail, yeah, uh, is basically belongs to, to Google. <laughs> uh, that's some weird caveat. So he would use Hotmail instead. Um, but yeah, this... Yeah, this these terms of service seem seem to be overreaching, which is which seems to be the trend in the last year, right? Big tech overreaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the it's it, like as we we sort of mentioned this before we started. Like when I, when I talked to you and Zach about about your work for for Project Veritas, like I don't know, like six months ago. Yeah, like we were talking a lot about like how dangerous this sort of slow creep of censorship and. And the, the, the like, it, it seemed kind of very in the background when we when we talked last time. And now it's just it's so blatant and so insane. Like, like it, it start like the, the it started with the with I think the real moment that I noticed how bad it was getting was the the this claim about election fraud is disputed thing under all of Trump's mm-hmm. tweets. And it's like fair enough. There's loads of claims yeah. on Twitter that are fucking disputed. Like you don't mark all of them, do you? <laughs> yeah and 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 from then it seemed to get like much worse like 
do you think we have a way to like stop this this like serious overreach on censorship? Because it's not just on that. It's it's anyone that prevents a, a narrative co- contrary to to like anything on on COVID or lockdowns or masks or a- anything in that area that isn't just like exactly what like the the official line is is gone. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, do we, do we have a way to fight back? Yeah, like fighting back is tough. I mean, we saw, yeah, we we see we've seen the increase in censorship. So, like a year before the election, so let's say like October twenty nineteen, I was working at Facebook, and um, I think at that point, you know, Zuckerberg had had a couple of meetings with Trump, and uh, and there was this push from Twitter. Twitter agreed to ban or fact check political ads. But Facebook at the time was was holding back. So I'm like, hey, that's a good sign, you know. And, but it's funny because the media was trying to paint Zuckerberg as like this pro-Trump guy just because he had one meeting with Trump. Um, so, so I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. But then fast forward a year and just fa- and Facebook throws it out the window. And so then now they're fact-checking everything. Um, and so that was the first that was the first sign is the, the reverse on that decision for fact-checking political ads. And then you also had in mid-October here in the United States, I'm not sure if it happened in the UK as well, we had hundreds of large YouTube channels deleted for no reason. Um, so we had like SGT Report, I think X22. These are guys with hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers. Just one day one, of the, one day to the next, they, all these, um, these channels were deleted and they were all right-wing, or, you know, or maybe not right-wing, but just kind of uh, not your mainstream media, just different sources of news. So yeah, this acceleration, I mean, since October, we just, we've seen them pull their gloves off. It's tech tyranny at, at its finest. Um, yeah. What are, what are the other things that we've seen where they're just pulling off their gloves? I mean, we had uh, stop the, let's see, well, the stop the steal movement, I think they banned like stop the steal. So that phrase, if you use it anywhere, I, I think someone's shared the meme to me where they they put like, stop the steal, like stop shoplifting at at you know local grocery stores and then that got deleted because it had the word stop this deal in it <laughs> so wow that is amazing <laughs> for those of you who don't know a stop this deal is this grassroots movement in the united states um you know talk speaking out about these irregularities we saw during the election and there's a guy named ali ali who's the kind of the leader of this movement and he'll be in dc next week and will he encourage people to bring tents uh, the the mayor of Washington D.C., uh, Miss Bowser, is trying to shut everything down. Clo- she's closing restaurants to make it more difficult for millions of people to come to D.C. and um, protest. So, but yeah, the, as far as the just to finish up on the tech censorship, I mean, I'm on reclaimthenet.org, and we had um, Twitter blocks medical journal after it published a positive study on another type of treatment for coronavirus. Mm, oh, and then just a drug they're talking about. What's it called? Let's see here. Uh, Ivermectin. Yeah. Ivermectin. That's the one. Yeah. They're, 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 they're handing out packs as well in India, I think. Like at, like all pharmacies or at least like widespread has that that in it and like vitamin D and some other supplement. And they're like claiming that that's like an effective treatment. Um, yeah. So it's it's really disturbing though to like watch watch things that like you know surely we should be celebrating that moment. It's like wow, cool! Like science and medicine figured out that we already had this drug that might be really helpful, and yeah, um, and it's it's like been 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 around for years. It's been tested and all okay, and like that should be a really awesome piece of news. Yeah, that should be like oh, awesome, guys. We don't need to worry as much about about like, like the, keeping the vaccines at minus 70 and distributing them to like millions of people. Like we can just like treat people. Like surely that should be like, <laughs> we should be celebrating that moment. Yeah. And instead we're like crushing it as if it's just like, no, like that's not what we want. Like, like vaccines are more profitable or like yeah. treatment is not what we need. Like that's, that's the message that like they're, they're sending out when they, when they decide to like censor something like this, like surely, surely that's awesome news. And they, they yeah. just want to crush it. And it, it makes people crazy. It's like, well, the, 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 I've seen like endless things about like everyone's going like c- conspiracy theories have blown up. And it's like, 
what if when you crush stuff like this, what do you expect to happen? Like, yeah. even even if it's like with the most like genuine intentions that you can possibly imagine, like you say, no, you know, it's really important right now that we, we make sure that people are not being misinformed about things because we want people to have the correct information, even mm-hmm. if it's coming from there. Like, it's still a horribly stupid thing to just just flat up ban it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see like how some of these treatments are just being squashed. Um, and there's, I talked to the the week before the weekend before Christmas, I was in West Palm beach, Florida at a political conference. I was talking to a doctor. He was, he's an emergency room doctor. His name is Sean. And he was, he, he thought it was interesting how, you know, we had operation warp speed, which is the Trump's administration's efforts to create the vaccine. And in record time, like nine months, you know, and so we're like, oh, we're like all the Trump supporters like praising Trump for that. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, Operation Warp Speed. And then when the vaccine comes out, all the Trump supporters are like, uh, nah, we don't want to take it. <laughs> so that that doctor just commented how that was kind of an interesting dichotomy, like how, yeah, just kind of ironic. Um, and, and, you know, if, if, there, if we need to take the vaccine, that's fine. Um, vaccines, you know, can can be a good thing. But if, if there's a natural treatment that then then why not use the natural treatment and the drug company? So the reason why is because the natural treatment's a lot less, less expensive than the, the vaccine and the, the pharmaceutical companies, big pharma, they don't make as much money um, with unless they sell their vaccine. So, yeah, but like I, I was um, I was listening to someone speak about this and they said that they they were comparing it to to like the building of like the this new house and you have all these different pillars like all seemingly mm-hmm. working in tandem together like mm-hmm. but but like in totally separate areas but for the to the same end and and like one of them's like big pharma pushing the most profitable treatment on us or the most profitable type of tests for them like the PCR tests instead of them yeah um, approving like a lot of the quick tests um, Michael Mina was talking about this on on Lex Friedman's podcast. Um, which is really fantastic, actually. Listening to him talk about it, it makes you realize that you could you could solve this this issue pretty quickly and and quite cost effectively, and um, you know make sure that you weren't getting pe- like people weren't getting widely infected if you're just yeah. being smart about it, and and it doesn't have to be like let, let, let let's vaccinate three hundred million people or whatever. Yeah, there's there, there's a much much uh, much more sensible like option to go there, and I, I'm curious actually, like if if we've gone too far for YouTube with it, if this is going to get taken down tomorrow, but <laughs> when I put it up, probably was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like just it just seems that we've 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 departed from trying to figure out the best way to do things. It's like we've got yeah. like here's here's what we're doing. We've got the blinkers on, and and the, just anything outside of that is is just not heard or not listened to you're just immediately dismissed and i think it's making yeah. people i think it's making people go crazy like sometimes i feel like i'm losing my mind like just things that would have been normal a year ago like like normally it goes like government makes a, a, a law or policy journalists ask how why who's going to pay for this like why why is this better than before like what are the yeah. risks all of these things. And then the media, then the, sorry, the government will respond and say, okay, here's our answer. The media will talk about their answers and the public can accept it after reading the newspaper and, and you know, seeing the clips on, mm-hmm. on the nightly news or whatever. And that's how things used to work. Like you, government would do something, they would be asked about it, their response would be given, and then the public would kind of like deliberate about it. And the journalist's job was to figure out if the government were lying. Now it yeah. just goes, here's the law. Here's the here's the, here's here's like the here's here's our edict. I don't even want to say law because half of them haven't been voted on. Then yeah. media repeats it. Public just has to go okay, yes or no. Like we, <laughs> there's, yeah. it's like the 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 middle discussiony bit that used to like give people acceptance and the feeling that they lived in a, a democratic and and free society is just like just been wiped off mm-hmm. the face of the earth. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then we saw this uh, viral video just, I believe, yesterday or the last couple of days where the p- police in Canada uh, received a report that, that haven't, Josh, this is serious, six people were gathered together in a house, six people. Like this is, you know, people cannot gather, have private gatherings. Right? I'm being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> so the, the police broke into, there's video of this, and, and I think it has like three or plus million views, but. Yeah, six people six people were gathered together in their house, like a family gathering. Their neighbor reported it, and then the cops show up and forcibly arrest these people. 
uh, for having a gathering of six people. And uh, so th- th- I think this this is where, I, you know, Ezra Levant, he with Rebel News, he he tweeted about it and he's just like, look, I've always been a police supporter, but this is the first time that I've questioned supporting the police. Um, because if you have police who are just following orders, hey, look, look, I understand they want to, they have a job to do and they're trying to get paid and they, they have families as well. But if they're enforcing unconstitutional or, you know, unethical rules, where, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've, I've seen a few people talking about this and, and like, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine about, about whether, whether like, whether like if you're a police officer, you, you've got to be seriously conflicted right now because like your your job is to protect people, but like mm. when 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 a government becomes more harmful to the people than the people are being to each other, then then like who who are you who are you there to protect? Yeah, like, like you do you, do you protect the the government and and like the the legal system and and the system that 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 you operate in because like you believe in the system and you think that that has to like you we have to like protect the rule of law even at the cost of like even when it's an unjust law yeah and or or do you at what point do we say no like we will not enforce this because it's like we believe maybe it's unconstitutional Mm-hmm. You know, it's again, you know, you're losing your your right to freedom of assembly, or um, it's just just like yeah, the your right to the was it the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, yeah, and or or just like just just the freedoms that we hold in the in like the developed world as like the the things that have made our societies the most like prosperous in the history of the world, yeah. It's such a like I would not want to be a police officer right now like that no. because because you know the, the 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 Black Lives Matter thing is always like all cops are bastards right or all cops are bad um, mm-hmm. and and like if you're a cop like where do you stand now like you're stuck between like having a job <laughs> and like upholding the principles that you believe in but then if you lose your job you're not even in a position to uphold those those like freedoms anymore like it's 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 a clusterfuck <laughs> yeah no it really is i mean it, for police officers it is tough and uh i think this so in the united states there's groups of sheriffs the sheriffs also enforce the law but in in california and other states sheriffs have said they're not going to enforce you know the mask mandate for example so the sheriffs have a little more i guess autonomy um where they they have tend to take a stand more against these unlawful orders whereas the city police like the city of phoenix where i live the these police officers they have more uh, i don't know they they can't as easily resist these these uh, unlawful orders but um but yeah here in phoenix for example the city of phoenix declared that um any outdoor sports organized sports are now banned this is like three weeks ago. So like the one place where you could have the most social distancing, like an outdoor recreational soccer league or even a competitive soccer league for teenagers. So the one chance the kids have to get outside of their house after being locked down for nine months and uh, the place with the most likelihood for social distancing, they shut it down. Like, where's the logic in that? If we, you know, we're, we're, you're discussing policy decisions and input from, from uh, feedback from the public. Well, where was the input from the, from the public? Here in Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey is essentially our, uh, the, a dictator of our state because in May of this year, he took emergency powers from the legislature. So now the legislature has no power to any, do anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's funny. We were talking about books earlier and the book I'm working on. And I have this meme. I'll try to share it on my screen. Oh, maybe not. Well, anyways, there's this funny um, like meme. It shows, tells you how to write the title of your paper. So maybe we could write a title of a paper about, you know, coronavirus. So you, you pick the, le- the first letter of your name. So you're first Josh. So I'll pick Gosh, a J. Yeah. Yeah. So redef- J is redefining. And then your last yeah. initial H. Yeah. Redefining historical categories. And then I'll put at, in an intersectional framework. So it's kind of like that SJW like type. Um, mm. I talked to a of- professor who, uh, who does a little bit of work on intersectionality. Yeah. And, and so, so I'm, I'm redefining yeah. historical. What am I redefining historical categories? 
as a site of political contestation. There you go. Wow. <laughs> so if you want to write a fancy paper or a book, just uh, I can share this this uh, image with you. So yeah, we, we've so we've talked about coronavirus. We've talked about um, the march on Washington, um, the acceleration of tech censorship. I still have time here, so let's. Trying to think. Yeah, what, I, wanna, what I wanted. To, I, w- I wanted to. I wanted to ask, like, how, how many people do you think are going to turn up on the sixth? And do you want to explain, uh, yeah, people, like why Trump is asking people to 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 arrive in Washington on the sixth? Like, it's not just because I get like it's anytime I read a news story about it, it's sign it like they make it sound like like Trump is being like, okay, people, we're going to storm Congress and we're just going to take it by force, <laughs> bring all your guns, like all of them. I want to. I want them to see the real America. <laughs> Like we're like, and he's like, come on, people! If you're going to do revolutions, you're going to do the best revolutions. Like we're just going to behead all of them on the steps of Congress, right in front of Lincoln. Like, yeah, like that's. But that that's what it sounds like every time I read a story about it. And <laughs> I, as as far as I was aware, like it, it's it's a rally to show that people don't believe in the election. Essentially, they they, they want to he wants to like show that there are millions of people. Whatever you think yeah. of their opinion, there are millions of people who don't believe that Joe Biden won fairly, and uh, that's a that's a really dangerous place to be at. And maybe maybe the people in Congress should like consider that, like if 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 like I don't know, was it some some stupid like eighty percent of Republicans? I think I read don't be- don't believe Joe Biden won. That's like about seventy million people. That's pretty much everyone that voted for Trump. And if you just have all of those people not believe in the electoral system like that. That doesn't end well, and, and yeah, yeah. So, how many people so, do you think are gonna are gonna turn up? Oh, ooh. so I'm yeah. They've been everyone has been pushing it hard, and and uh, the initial tweet was from uh, Trump was on December 18th, and he said, "Hey, we're gonna have you know." He basically, it's impossible to have lost the 2020 election. There's a big protest on January 6th. Be there. We will be wild. <laughs> So uh, I'm guessing at least two million. At this point, two million. I've tried to reach out to people. There's there's various militia groups as well, or just groups of patriots who are planning to go to D.C. Uh, you know, there's a I'd say there's I don't know I don't know what I don't know what percentage of the population with, lives within 12 hours of D.C. But um, the East Coast portion, is very heavy. Right? Yeah. yeah, probably 100 million people live within 12 hours of D.C. So if you can, I think we can get two million people there. The mayor of of Washington D.C. Uh, Bow, her name is Bowser, like you know, like from uh, Nintendo. Bowser, like the like the bat, the boss, the, the end game, end boss, right? I hope someone's made um, that meme. <laughs> if not, I will make that today. Bowser or King Koopa, yeah. So her name is the mayor of D.C. is Bowser, and uh, she's shutting down restaurants. She's saying, "Hey, just for these three days, we're she's ordering restaurants to close." Like I don't know how that's even constitutional um so my my issue is i'm going to be there for a couple for i'm flying tuesday i'll be for there for just for a couple days fly back thursday but you know basic need necessities like uh porta potties which i don't know what you call them in the uk in the in europe but uh yeah that 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 do porta potty porta porta potty yeah <laughs> porta loo so i'm hoping someone shows up with porta potties like on a flatbed bed pickup truck because you know there'll be a lot of women there as well, and uh, come on, yeah, Peter Thiel, get get your <laughs> get your wallet out. Yeah, yeah, I think Peter, hopefully Peter Thiel will help. So and it's going to be freezing cold. I'm going to freeze my ass off because I'm from Arizona, and it's like right now it's the middle of winter and it's like 60 degrees outside. So <laughs> I'm not used to cold weather, um, and I don't know whether that is Celsius, but it's it's going to be cold, and I'm not used to the cold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one to two million people. Uh, the, so it's, they always portray it as a peaceful protest. Right. And, uh, so from the wildprotest.com, it says we, the people must take to the U S Capitol lawn and steps until Congress do not certify on January 6th. Congress cannot certify this fraudulent electoral college. Our presence in DC will let members of Congress know that we stand with Rep- Representative Mo Brooks and other colleagues in the House of Representatives who will bravely object to the certification of the Electoral College. So I think there's about 12 senators so far who have a- objected mm. to um, that they say they'll not sign off on it. 
me see that full list here. Yeah, there uh, were Ted Cruz was like issued a statement on behalf of the. I think it was eleven when I looked this morning, but there might have been someone else come out since then. Um, yeah, I think yeah. But like it's it's so, for me the the craziest thing is like how we ended up here. Like until until the um, right until the day of the election for four years. I had heard so many news reports and so many Democratic senators and congressmen and, and, and like media personalities. There was like a few like ex-intelligence um, agency people who were running events to show like mm -hmm. how vulnerable these voting machines were to being, being hacked or like accessed or, or, or just like just fucked with generally. And like right yeah. up until the election day that people like were saying, you have, we have to be, be careful of the voting machines. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. And then the second, second that Joe Biden went ahead, it's like, nope, safest election in history. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah. then like it just, there was just some really weird stuff. Like I, I haven't like personally had the time to dive into every single different, different like allegation of stuff that's, that's been going on. But like just from the yeah. stuff I've seen, like that, that Michigan's the weirdest one, that fucking video, man. Like the, is is that oh, in Georgia yeah. or is that in Michigan? We, I think it was Georgia, where they Georgia. pull the suitcases suitcases out from underneath the yeah. tables. Yeah, yeah like like Georgia. just just like that deserves to be investigated. Like <laughs> yeah. the, like just like if I was American, I would be like, hang on, like what the fuck? <laughs> like just 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 please like question these people, like see what the fuck they did, and like surely that should be possible. Like yeah. and then and then and then like all the people who are saying hmm, maybe we don't believe the election would be forced to, like if if they if they came out and there was like the legit nothing. Then, mm -hmm. then fair enough. Like I reckon there's like a fair portion of people who would never believe it, but like enough people would believe that like the election was was like secure and safe for them to then move on with the support of most of the country. Except now, what's going to happen is because they've refused to like 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 even air the possibility that mm -hmm. like re regardless of the the number of like weird things and like people coming forward, like like you you, yeah. can, you can brush off like some uh, like affidavits, but when you have like like video evidence plus like stacks and stacks of people like swearing under oath mm -hmm. under pain of perjury and then like they have some statistical experts coming in then they they, they they're able to show <laughs> no the voting machines might have been, like they they were maybe able to be connected to the internet but only through this router and it wasn't connected oh no actually it was connected and the, like yeah. it, it you, i keep hearing more and more and more and they just go like at what point do they just go well maybe we should like look at this just just for posterity they don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they get to the point. No, and they continue yeah. to deny. And that's why the blowback is going to be even more bigger when if, if Trump wins, you know, if they declare him the winner, dude, there's there's another 60 million people who have been listening to CNN the last two months who thinks who literally think that Trump's trying to steal the election. So regardless, they've been conditioned to believe that Biden already won. They've been, you know, that I think was it was like two weeks after the election. Uh, they didn't even wait like, you know, 30 days or anything. They said, oh, Biden won, Biden won. So for two months, the media, the mainstream media has been telling people that Biden won. So if, if if it's reverse and Trump wins, then then millions of people in these liberal coastal cities like New York and California are going to be outraged. And there's going to be I can I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you think there's going to be more protests and violence from the people on the left or people on the right? <laughs> I think I think you're likely to get more violence if co Congress chooses not to certify some of these states on on Wednesday. I think you're going to yeah. get more violence from the left, and I would not yeah. have said that a year ago. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I would not have said that a year ago. But like, yeah, you watch Trump. They like Trump. Trump. Like, okay, looks at the minute at least anyway. Like Trump. Trump lost, right? Uh -huh. And and say that that's the case. And like, even, even with all the allegations that, that have been laid out, what happened? Nothing. Like there was no riots. There was no like autonomous zones being declared in Texas. Yeah. There was, there was no, like, do you know what I mean? Like the, the only fights right. that happened were between like some fucking Antifa people and, and some of the Pride Boys. Like, like they're not they're not like concerning to me really like unless they get a lot more support either of them they're like the the little fringe like side side movements that like just they don't have the support of a lot of people yeah but, but like like the, 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 but the at shit, one point like, yeah what point is, is the right gonna be you know say hey enough is enough um we've seen violent tactics from the left so far we have not seen yet violent tactics from right-wing militias or right-wing groups um, 
you know, unless they're doing it really discreetly, mm. but it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, assassinate politicians discreetly here, you know, mm. pull, you know, pull, uh, it's hard to drag politicians into the streets mm. and, uh, you know, put, you know, tr- hang them or whatever. Oh, I hope it doesn't come to that. But you just wonder how you know, we're they're pushing the left left is pushing, pushing, pushing. And maybe this is the te- the the goal for the communists. They want to destroy our country. Want, they want to cause rifts and a civil war. Mm-hmm. So maybe they want that violence. But how much, you know, how much is the, the right going to take before this explodes into into violence? Um, if if indeed I mean, it is going to. I got news for uh, the lefties in America. Like they don't have any guns. Like the right, like, like the right are the ones with yeah. the guns, guys. Like, like the ex-military guys, all yeah, the ex-military. How don't, many veterans? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, don't pick this fight. It's not going to end well. Like, yeah. it really concerns me. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think it's honestly, it's more likely to be peaceful, though. Like I said, if, 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 yeah, if we find that, if, well, if we know that we find, if, if, if nothing changes, essentially. Um, but the protests in DC it. are not; they're not intended to be tended to be violent. They're intended to be a show of force. Mm. Look, hey, there's two million people in the Capitol. This is this is supposed to be a message to the legislators, to the Senate. Look, there's two million people in this who showed up to DC because they're fed up. We have mountains of evidence about election fraud. Do something about it, or and they, they keep on threatening. I, I don't like it when they threaten the the uh, the organizers uh, of like um, stop the steal or like oh well, we're gonna primary you. We're gonna make sure you lose in in two years. Like. To, for me personally, there is no two years from now. There is no four years from now. People are like, oh, we can win again in 2024. A lot of people agree with me on this. A lot of Americans, look, there there will be no 2024. If we let Biden win, if he wins the presidency, like it's game over. Like there there will be no more uh, chance to win elections because if this election was rigged, like they're going to rig every election and uh, there'll be no transparency. So I think this is like a last ditch effort for us Americans are desperate. They're fed up. They're yeah. We we don't want. We do not want Biden like as president. We don't want another. We don't want Obama 2.0, mm. or even he might even be worse than Obama. So, um, anyways, that's that's what we're looking at. I mean, I think a lot of Americans agree. And, and like you said, uh, Josh, uh, the there's a lot of it's a it's a fight that the left lefties do not want to pick against the uh, military veterans. Uh, in the United States, who are fed up? Who, yeah, it phys- it's not a fight physically they wanted to pick, and it's not a fight ideologically that will be good for this country. No, but um, at a certain point, we have to push back against these um, these coastal cities with their millions of uh, you know leftist people who are not not indicative, who are not who do, do not reflect the values of the majority of America, like Middle America. So if dude, if we need to, <laughs> I've, it's probably not going to happen. But if we need to secede or split up uh, the United States, not ideal. But I think we need to look explore that option because we can't be we're too fractured at this point, and we can't let let politicians in California dictate to the rest of America what we believe. Yeah, I mean uh, the craziest argument I hear against. Just like, let's, let's go through all the example. Like I would just, I would love them to just be like, right. Okay. You want to prove there's election fraud? Like, here's your chance. We're going to hold this big hearing. Like, like just get your dick out and let's see what you got. Like, yeah. do, do you know, like for me, if, if you really thought they were just talking bullshit, that would be the best thing to do. Like, it's just yeah. be like, right, come on. Let's, let's, let's see. Let's, let's, let's go bring every, bring out, bring out your dead. Like, let's yeah. see. Do you know what I mean? Like the, sunlight is the is is the best disinfectant it's, it's that kind of idea you know like <laughs> and in, in where i live in arizona there's a maricopa county maricopa county they have a board of supervisors and they certify the election and then sydney powell came in and filed a lawsuit and and they're pushing back they're trying to hide there's they're scurrying i talked about this yesterday in a speech in the capital here in phoenix these the, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, they're scurrying like cockroaches. They're filing lawsuits. They've hired lawyers to not uh, allow access to these voting machines. Um, the Dominion like what if, machines. what if you got to hide? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. like and I'm, I'm aware that you can't you can't say Trump won. That's 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 sarcastic. If you're listening, YouTube, I definitely yeah. didn't mean that. But like you can. But like, just please just look at this shit. 
because like for the good of the country, yeah. like you need to convince the, the the 70 million people that don't believe you or 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 the system don't work anymore. Like like a government is it, it functions by consent when we all believe in the system. Like I think yeah. that's what it's what um Yuval Noah Harari, the the guy who wrote uh, Sapiens and and Homo Deus, um he said that like humanity is essentially like like everything we've built is a as a as a result of the stories that we tell each other and that we believe each other like like mm. civilization itself like like our whole like society as a whole is it's just it's just this story that we all believe in and therefore it works yeah and and when 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 70 million people stop believing that that like voting is any good and like yeah. there's another like i don't know was it like 50 million or something or 60 million that that didn't vote who yeah. who were who who could who were eligible and then there's like the other well 80 million i don't know how many of them are dead that voted for joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah did you see some of the the, the dead people voting that was that was really oh. funny yeah i mean when in arizona our margin was even smaller we biden won by eleven thousand votes so that that margin is very easily eliminated but yeah go on but yeah I, like it's it just just i would just love them to lay it out and, and just yeah because like i said if you if you don't if 70 million people and then plus the other 50 or 60 million that already don't believe in the system like mm -hmm. when you've got like the majority of people that not actually believing that the system is working in any way shape or form or is it's just all lies like that's right that's when a country falls apart yeah like that's that's, and, the, uh, that's the end <laughs> and yeah and i really think i mean if you compare this to like the arab spring uh, hopefully, you know, this might be something similar to like the Arab Spring that we had in, I believe, in 2011 in Egypt, where they threw out Mubarak and and then the Muslim Brotherhood took power for a while. Mm. But um, it was all started by that guy um, self-immolating on the, in the, I can't remember where, but some guy set himself on Tunisia, fire Tunisia. in Tunisia. Yeah. That's the one. And that's what yeah. that's what kicked it all off. Yep. Yeah, so it just needs like one little spark. Yeah. And, and I think... Uh, there's powers that want to i mean obviously so if, if you're the leftist people in, in charge or the cabal or whatever the global globalists you actually want to keep the u.s intact fractured but intact so you have more power that way mm -hmm. uh but if it's yes yeah, so that's ideal for them but if it's split up into separate countries then it would be less advantageous um for the left uh for these powers but yeah, looking at the votes, so in Obama, he received, I believe in 2012 or 2008, he received 69 million votes, Trump in 2016, 74 million votes, and they're trying to say that Biden received 80 million, 81 million votes. Um, Obama got uh, had 873 counties vote for him, Trump 24, about 2,500, and then Biden only won uh, 477 counties. And then you look at the bellwether counties and states. Uh, Trump and Obama both won 18 of the 19. Biden only won one of the 19. Only one? Yeah. And then Florida, Ohio, Iowa, those three states, both Obama and Trump won those three states, Florida, Ohio, Iowa. And then Biden lost those three states. And uh, Biden actually lost, you know, the Democrat Party lost House seats during this election, yet Biden won the election. So there's a lot of discrepancies just with, if you, just looking at the statistical data, and uh, of who normally wins a presidency. Mm. Of course, not, not a typical election year with COVID and everything granted. Um, but the last, the, you know, the last thing I just want to close out on with the regarding election is just if you mail out just basic math, like a third grader could tell you this. If you mail out, I don't know what it was exactly in Pennsylvania, 700,000 or 500,000 ba ballots, and then you receive back more Wait, then those on. had to come from somewhere. Hang on, they, 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 they got more mail-in ballots back than they mailed out. Yes. What? Um, yeah, let me try to find the stat. Um, so they mailed out, let's see here. They probably, let me see here. So... Pennsylvania officials. Yeah. So anyways, there's some math there. I'll to, I'm trying to find the article real quick, but the, yeah, what, what I understand is that they, they, they mailed out a certain number of ballots, let's say 500,000 and they received back like 700,000 um, ballots. Um, and, and on election day, 
Trump was ahead by like 700,000 votes. And then somehow that got reversed. That's a very large margin to, to uh, reverse, 700,000. Um, I'm trying to find that article. Yeah, okay. So Pennsylvania reports having mailed out 1.8 million ballots, of which 1.4 million were returned, yet total melon voters number 2.5 million. Where did the extra 1.1 million what? votes come so, from? So they sent out 1.8 million. They received back 1.4 of the official ones that they sent out. Yeah. But there's so 2.5 million postal Total votes. melon voters, yeah. So right. we're, so somehow this, yeah. So, <laughs> so just the numbers, if you're just a statistician, then they have top statisticians and people yeah, who I are some leftist the Democrats, mm. Bobby Python speaking out. And so, yeah, yeah, just the numbers don't add up. I mean, so whether you're a Democrat or a, or a Republican, look, we want to win it fair and square. If you want to win it fair and square, that's fine. But looking at the numbers, the numbers just don't add up. Mm. I mean, the thing that still shocks me is that, like, say, say there was like, say in a hypothetical world that the the, the Republicans prove that there was some sort of like massive vote flipping right going on, mm-hmm. and that like it maybe a few few million extra votes all around around America, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's ultimately like that's that's the the, the best case scenario is that that is that's is the truth, right? That yeah, they have the proof, and that, that's what happens. In that case, right. You still have like like over seventy million people that voted for Joe Biden, like like the senile, um, like like yeah. positionless, like like formless, like just just career politician who 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 is like clearly losing his mind has yeah. has all the convictions of a piece of toast, and just <laughs> like he's. <laughs> the least and he didn't do any campaigning he just stayed inside he he like he screwed bernie after obama called um like a bunch of people to drop out on the same day in the primaries and yeah. and like over 70 million people still voted for him i still find that shocking like <laughs> yeah yeah like like people are like i can't believe so many people voted for trump and i'm like have you seen his rallies like they love him like you can yeah. you can not understand why but people fucking love him right yeah and 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 I don't understand how people could get that how that many people could be enthusiastic about voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a candidate, I mean, I can see why people got excited about Obama. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, besides the fact that he was the first Black African American or first African American president, which is great. Yeah, man, um, but he was he was smart. He was funny. He was yeah, articulate. He was great speaker. Yeah. 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 Charismatic. So um, yeah, Biden. What did he have going for me? All he had was name recognition, basically, and. Uh, yeah, so if you just look at candidates as a as a person, yeah, Trump says some dumb stuff. We don't like what he says all the time. He's he's we feel like he's you know pretty straightforward. He speak, tries to speak directly to the public. Um, not your typical politician, but Biden. What does he have going for him? I mean, you compare that to like a piece of toast. Or he has the <laughs> so is that is that a piece? So in the UK, do, do you you had, would it be a to, a piece of toast with butter or with jam or? Uh, I mean, call it jelly here. That's probably more flavor than and personality than Joe Biden has. So it'd just be a dry piece of toast. A dry piece of toast yeah. with no flavor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like I just want to make sure that 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 uh, you know analogy was was accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, but there's right. There's no color. There's no fun. He's just gray and yeah. and like 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 he looks kind of like painted on. Like like his face kind of looks like 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 one of those like. You know, you know, on on Scooby Doo, they'd always like pull the like the plat like the plastic thing <laughs> off of the off the villain. They'd always have this a perfect mask on that no one yeah. ever noticed till the end. Like that's what his face looks like to me. I just kind of want to poke it a little bit. <laughs> is it real? Is it is yeah. it fake? Um, is he? Yeah, Biden. I mean, and then Kamala Harris. I think that's the biggest fear for most Americans is not so much Biden, but who he has w- with him, which is Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. So people, there's theories about. Um, you know, whether if, if Biden won, oh, he would just, he's already in a severe mental decline. So yeah, I give it, I give it a him. year, a year yeah. max. Like he's, he's not all there. And like, no. they might be able, like the like people, they, they hit, they hit um, FDRs like disability for quite a while. Um, but like, you can't, you can't, like, you can hide that. You can just have them sitting down. But you can't hide if someone's actually losing their mind. 
Like there were times that I thought Trump was losing it during the during the presidency. Like I thought like he was he was he was kind of just like starting to starting mm-hmm. to unravel a little bit. But then the last year or so he seemed pretty sharp, like like just as he was in 2016. Like maybe not as I don't know, maybe not with quite the same energy. But maybe that's yeah. just because we're all used to him now. I don't know. Like 2006, 15, he came in with a bang. You know, he's like, "You're a liar. You're a liar." It's difficult to come in with to keep that kind of energy when you're the incumbent. Um, yeah, yeah. He lost maybe some of his shine at certain times, um, some of his polish. But uh, the yeah, okay. The last thing I want to mention here uh, about the election. So we we're, were talking about the, you know the protests on this next week and January sixth in Washington D.C. Now there's a guy named Lynn Wood, L-I-N, last name Wood, mm-hmm. and he's a top defamation attorney. He's he's got a Twitter account which has been just skyrocketing. He probably has half a million followers now, and he's been he's been floating the last week. He's been floating these weird theories. So he's been saying that that Mike Pence, the vice president, is going to be arrested, and he, I don't know. Some of it's crazy talk. And then he came out saying that Jeffrey Epstein is still alive. Oh yeah, I saw that. So. I'm not sure if this is just mi- purposeful misinformation to keep the masses distracted before you know big news drops, yeah. or I, I'm not, I'm just not sure on what his his tactics are. Yeah, the Epstein thing. I was like, because my friend yeah. sent me this picture like about a, few, a month ago. So it was like it was meant to be from the from from Little St James Epstein's island. And there's this guy from from above that like is apparently it's Epstein because he's not dead yet. But like the photo could have yeah. been old and it was above and pixely, so you couldn't really tell. But like, for yeah. the, like then you then you like Limwood comes out and be like, Yeah, he's not dead. You I mean, they've no they don't have the camera footage from when he was killed. It's yeah. not I don't I still think it's impossible. Yeah, it's within the realm of possibility. And I'm just so so why is he talking about, you know, why is Lynn talking about this? Um if he's alive or dead, I don't know. All I know is in the last year, uh, there's been an increase in you know arrests regarding human trafficking. So somebody's talking somewhere. Um, but but yeah, this Linwood character, he's he's quite the anomaly and he's quite mysterious and he he's good at you know hinting things and implying things. But but to say that President Vice President Mike Pence is going to be a- arrested is is somewhat far fetched. Um, to for even for me. Yeah. So. I, I don't understand that, but we do that. Yeah. Next week is going to be wild. Um, and you can go to wild pro is it wild protest? I just had the website up. I think it's wild protest. Yeah. Wildprotest.com. And I'll be there with some other whistleblowers. Um, Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower and, uh, a, a former journalist with project Veritas. We'll have a documentary film producer there, Mickey Willis, who produced the movie Plandemic. He's in our in our entourage, our group of people going. Oh. Um, Zach Redpill seventy eight will be there, a, a, an influencer. So yeah, we're gonna try not to freeze, and we'll try to find, make sure we have somewhere to go potty and uh, somewhere to use the restroom, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun there in, in DC. And so yeah, I'm expecting one to two million. The cell phone coverage might be spotty. Uh, we have someone coming from Puerto Rico working with us who might have a way to to do a live broadcast. Um, but it's going to be epic. Uh, I w- I'm curious to see how they're going to cover it in the UK. If they're going to, I think they're just going to suppress it. I don't, hmm. I don't know how you can suppress 2 million people showing up in Washington, DC. I mean, they never but, mentioned any of the protests here at the minute. Yeah. There's like, I, in the UK, there's like any of the, any of the anti-lockdown, anti-COVID measures, protests have just been, basically completely not covered by the press it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of concerning um like i was at a march here in in innsbruck at the weekend i don't know so like at least a thousand people there and they got like no the 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 main like media um company for the for like the the tv station for the region didn't mm-hmm. have didn't didn't even mention it <laughs> um and i was yeah. like fair enough you don't think it's good but like they, they used to at least report on what was going on yeah you know, they they could say like a, t- a thousand crazy anti-lockdown people marched through, but at least you know that's reporting it. But they didn't even cover it. So yeah, I, we haven't seen too much about your protests either, because I think uh, <laughs> there's been protests in Europe and Germany. I know Germany's had some big anti-lockdown protests. Mm. And the one you went to, how many in Austria? Was it in Austria? Yeah. In the UK. How many people were 
Oh, here, here was just a, like just. Small, I thought, yeah, about one to two thousand. I thought, but the one in London was like yeah. ten thousand people. The videos I saw, um, yeah, like the whole of Trafalgar Square was packed out. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really like it's really inspiring to see. The thing that was really cool for me about the one um, here is that like I've I've never protested anything in my life. Yeah. Um, it's the first time I ever decided that I thought, you know, like this is this is like my moment to like actually go and do something because I legit think this has gone way too far. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the vibe I got from everyone there. It wasn't like yeah. like professional protesters or you know people who are out on the picket yeah. line like every week protesting. I don't know left, right, and center about stupid fucking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd say typical. You know, you're, you're, it's not your feminists walking no. around topless. It's not your your far right wing militia groups or pe- no. you know people. It was. Just it a- goes beyond ideology. It really does go beyond ideology. Yeah, it was just a bunch of people ordinary fed people. Up. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know, that gives me a bit of hope, at least for the future, because, you know, at least, at least it is ordinary people, because like, that's, like, that's how we get control, control the world back, or at least like, lack of being controlled. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, that's how we get it back is when normal people and like, everyday people remember that, like, we are, yeah, we are the government, Mm -hmm. like they, they, they exist by our consent. And without that, they don't, they, they have no power. Right. They exist by the con- consent of the governed. And, and I think uh, these officials have lost sight of it. Even people we've trusted in, like here in Arizona, we trusted in our governor, Doug Ducey. And, and he, he was a you know pretty good guy. He was more conservative. He's been very pro-business. But when COVID hit, you know, a lot of these politicians took advantage. And in Michigan, the governor of Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, she really took took advantage of of the situation, and then you see the double standard, of course, and uh, you have politicians, you know, you know, going on their private excursions, taking trips when everybody else can't. So rules for for thee, not for me. And then we have uh, also, you know, the president of Belarus. We uh, there was a news article saying that he'd been bribed nine hundred million dollars to to implement these COVID restrictions in his um, country, and so. Yeah, we just see that 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 double standard and the hypocrisy once again from the elites. Um, you know, why why shouldn't they? What is that famous quote from uh, well, the uh, the Queen who said, "Mary Antoinette, let, let, let them eat cake, let them eat cake." Yeah, exactly. Like, just that disconnect from the yeah. uh, common person. Yeah. yeah, they have no bread. Well, let them eat cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just I get very concerned at the minute just because like. Two things scary. Like one, like you see, the last person that tried to make someone wear something ended up killing six million people in in gas chambers. And uh, yeah, well, that's the yeah. truth. And yeah. um, like the 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 reason that he came to power was because Germany was just printing a shit ton of money in order to deal with a problem that they had no clue how to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then the economy crashed. And then people wanted two things: they wanted bread and they wanted work. And the, like that, that's 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 all a lot of people want right now. I mean, here they got like a yeah. pretty good, pretty good like system set up to like be keeping everyone sort of financially solvent at least, mm-hmm. sort of. But you know, please. But how do you sustain that? You can't sustain that yeah. for any period of time. And and you look at you can almost compare it to the collapse of of the uh, you know East and West Germany in the early nineties, where you know they had to re. Western Germany was like, look, we're going to help you guys out, but we have to start from scratch, totally rebuild the system. Um, And there's so some people are thinking, saying that this COVID thing is is a way for uh, the the globalists to kind of rebuild the entire economic system and make sure everything is cashless and and controlled. So that might be one way that they can kind of reset the the world economy. But um, but yeah, Eastern and Western Germany... we know when the when the Berlin Wall fell and and uh, East Germany was struggling really, you know, financially. That's all people wanted was bread and and a job, like mm-hmm. something to eat and a job. But now, I don't know how it is in, in the UK, but here in the US, some of us can work from home. But there's a lot of restaurants that are closed down, local businesses. Yet Walmart and Costco, the largest retailers in the US, are um, you know can continue to operate and they're actually doing very very well for themselves this year yeah. and of course amazon facebook google all of them so it's you know they're destroying local businesses 
And now, now we, we just got a, just this last, actually tomorrow or this last week, I got a $600 check from the government. So me and my wife, we got $600 each, 1200 bucks, which is peanuts. Um, I heard in, the, in Australia, they got like, for the last nine months, they got like $3,000 a month from the government. Mm. I mean, so, their, their cost of living is a little, a little sort of higher. So it's like a... Yeah. Like three thousand dollars there wouldn't wouldn't like wouldn't get you the same amount as three thousand dollars in in the US just because they have like people are in like stupid amount of money per hour over there but then it's all sort of leveled out because of cost of living and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, so, so we're having to subsist on. Uh, anyway, so so that's what the government wants is like us to rely on them and not use our small businesses and then then they can fuck us over more. Um, and we yeah. we we're basically have to suck um, suck off their teeth basically. Yeah, uh, the government's cheap. So that's that's how it works. I think it's all part of the plan for them to take take control. Yeah, I mean whether whether it's planned or not, like like uh, having people relying on 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 the government for like that 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 sizable a portion of people demand dependent on the government to like survive is fucking dangerous. Like yeah. that's it's really <laughs> really dangerous because like people aren't going to overthrow the system that's like feeding them like. You know, if if that that's the only if that's if it's that or starve, they'll like a lot of people will choose like we'll just take that, and and that's that's a really dangerous place to be in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, hopefully, hopefully, what's going to happen is right on the sixth of of January, uh, they're gonna the Congress are gonna open up and be like, okay, guys, we're gonna have a serious hearing on all this election stuff. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna make sure that like Joe Biden isn't totally bought off by China. And mm-hmm. then we're up like trading with China and then they're going to stop their genocide. And then we're going to stop listening to them on lockdowns and the world will all go back to normal. <laughs> that's, yeah. what that's the dream. <laughs> We'd all like to go back to normal. And uh, I think, yeah, that is, that's the goal. That's the dream for us. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. I think uh, once, you know, we've got to take it. us. That's why I, I tell everyone. Yeah, it's it really us. is up to us. Get off, you know, get off, get off Netflix. Get you know, stop. Get off your computer. Go out to these protests. Make a difference. Yeah, the, yeah. The politicians need to hear from us. So, um, Josh, it's been a pleasure. I'm gonna get going here pretty shortly. Yeah, that's um, that's no problem, man. I was about to say, let's uh, let's yeah. leave it on a nice, nice positive note. Yeah. So, thanks so much for this interview. And once again, my book will be coming out later this this year. Uh, behind the mask of Facebook, a firsthand account of my time as a whistleblower at Facebook. So uh, thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, no problem, man. It was a pleasure. All right. So thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.